I'm Brandon Carey. I'm Jason Grady. This is the Medic Class Citizen Podcast. Here we are. Time to make the choice. Take the red pill, become a firefighter only, slay the dragon, kick down doors, and carry out every old lady that you find on your shoulders, living out every dream that you've had since watching the ridiculousness called Backdraft. But there's a 70% chance that you're going to be doing it for free. Or take the blue pill, go EMS only, you'll make money, <laughs> not a lot of money, but you're guaranteed to run toe-paint calls for the rest of your existence. Wait, wait, what happens if I take both? If you take both, you'll become a firefighter paramedic, a hybrid of both worlds. But be advised, those that only took the red pill will think you're nothing but a needle-pushing, ambulance-driving paramedic. And those that only took the blue pill will think you're nothing but a caveman-dwelling hose jockey that can barely tie their <laughs> shoes in the morning. So which one will it be? Oh, man, which one do you think he's going to take? Uh, honestly, it doesn't really matter. They're both laxatives, and anything's better than becoming a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, man. Well, folks, uh, if if you don't know our current guest, well, you're living under a bridge or a rock. I can't say living under a bridge. That's terrible. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for that situation, but you're probably living under a rock if you're in the fire and EMS industry and have not heard of Fire Department Chronicles or Fire Department Coffee. So, Jason Patton, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for letting me be on, man. I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, and chances are people under a bridge probably know who you are too, but that's probably for another, <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that brings up a good point. Uh, are you a Breaking Bad fan at all? You know, man, I have seen like, like little bits and pieces of that, of the show mm -hmm. and it looks so cool, but I don't know if I could bring myself to watch all the, uh, all the seasons, but it looks incredible. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a scene in there where they, uh, this, this, uh, one of the guys bacon meth comes up with the best cup of coffee. He figures out how to make it. He has this big elaborate, you know, meth system and he just goes up to it and just pours it in there. And I was like, that's how they did it. That's how the part of <laughs> because this stuff man this stuff is oh, good. oh man uh, listen the like you watch like how espresso machines work you you watch how some of these things are you're like yo someone legit wanted to make the greatest cup of coffee ever so there was probably something very similar to that that happened hopefully it didn't involve meth but you know, <laughs> hey, you know it is what it is but better uh, than caffeine in some instances uh, yeah i mean one will make you lose your job guarantee but you know hey <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> well, it depends. Some departments are really desperate for paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that. I don't know if I've ever seen any job descriptions. We'll look the other way with meth. Like, yeah, that's right. That. That's right. You got a pulse. You got a patch. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously well, haven't been you... to the parts of the country that we've worked in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Um, so, yeah, fire department coffee. It's incredible. It's a great product um tastes delicious again i'm not i'm usually not a flavored coffee guy at all i like my coffee just like sludge like motor oil man just mm. dark uh yeah. bold but the uh the black cherry bourbon 
Yeah. That is good stuff. That is I the best it. of both worlds. Uh, yeah, we actually like that's one thing that we avoid doing is flavoring. So we don't mm-hmm. flavor anything. Those are actually we call it spirit infused because the beans are infused with the with the uh, spirits itself. So it's not you know it's an all natural process that happens. It doesn't retain any alcohol, thankfully, because uh, a lot of people <laughs> are getting fired. Uh, but the alcohol roasts <laughs> off, but it retains that awesome flavor. So I appreciate that, man. Nice. I really like it. Absolutely. So uh, tell us about Fire Department Coffee, man. How did you? Uh, how did you how'd you get started how did, how did you get involved with that so i live in florida um our roastery is up in illinois uh you know middle of, it's like two degrees right now up there no thank <laughs> you uh yeah it's bad but um so <laughs> we uh every year or every other year we get hit with hurricanes down in florida just happened to be about five years ago we were about to get smashed with uh, this huge hurricane. And I put this video up on fire department chronicles saying that the only thing that was going to keep us uh, from killing each other, because they were putting 25 or 30 of us in one station mm. uh, was going to be this other coffee brand. And uh, someone tagged fire department coffee, reached out to Luke and uh, Luke reached out to me. Who's Luke's the CEO. And he was like, uh, we should do some work together. I'm like, well, send me the coffee. Let me try it. Loved it. And here we are. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely nice yeah. Good well tell it tell us uh tell us a little bit more about your career where, where do you work how long you've been there how'd you get into it yeah so i uh, i'm in south florida i've been there for 13 years uh loved it i was actually a paramedic for about a year year and a half prior to that um <clears throat> got in it through sheer luck i was a mechanic prior to somebody one of my buddies was like hey i went to emt school i loved it and i was like oh, i'll try it out Went to EMT school and absolutely loved it. I was a terrible mechanic, like horrible mechanic. Uh, you know, just so bad. My father was an incredible mechanic, and I was the I did not follow that gene line at all. Um, so loved EMT school. It was so cool. So I got into it. I started working for a private ambulance company and uh, just enjoyed the medical side of talking to people, helping people, you know, holding hands, you know, actually genuinely using the skills that were in my head kind of thing. So loved everything about that. Um, but unfortunately where I'm at in South Florida, if you want to run a lot of first response and stuff, you have to be a firefighter as well. And then when I went to fire school, I fell in love with the fireside as well. I mean, both of it just cool, high energy, you know, adrenaline pumping kind of crap. So, um, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I've loved it. It's been, it's been awesome. Nice. Good. Good. Have you been at the same department uh, ever since? Pretty much yeah. ever since you got hired. That's awesome. That's very I was good. lucky. I was very, very lucky, man. When I got hired, it was during the hiring freeze of 2008, man. Like there was, there were no jobs. In fact, <clears throat> my keynote speaker came to my fire graduation and gets up there and he's like, uh, you know, this year, uh, 75 firefighters have died. No one is hiring in the worst freeze ever. Good luck. My mom was like, my mom doesn't curse. She's like, what the just happened? It's like the worst. It was insane, man. So I got lucky. I got, I got picked up. Uh, it was um, uh, a lower paying place. So no one wanted to apply and uh but i loved it man it was all the calls that i wanted to run the, the skills that i wanted to use and and thankfully through some contract negotiations we're doing a little bit better so that's good man yeah that's south florida area that's competitive it's hard to get a job down there dude or the just time, in florida man, in general i guess yeah i mean and at the time you know i know other places you can get picked up from the department they'll send you through school they'll do all that stuff down here it's not like that. there's a couple of departments that do it but it's very rare but yeah during that time when I got picked up in the interim of uh, my application process and actually getting hired, I went to like city of Orlando, city of Orlando. There was, you know, 40 positions, 50 positions available. Wow. There's 5,000 of us applying for it. It's insane. Absolute Jeez. insanity. 
Wow. And and it's a uh, common commonality down in Florida for people to get their education prior to applying to the job. Yes. You, you won't, uh, minimum EMT. You gotta be, uh, at least in South Florida where I'm at, you have to be an EMT just to get into fire school. Hmm. Then, um, once you become a firefighter, you can start applying fire EMT and then, um, if you if you truly want to get picked up, you should be a medic because most places are requiring you to be a medic. Nice. Very good. So what was it? And, you know, Jason and I talk all the time about I, I love comedy. I, I'm a big fan of, of comedy in general because I think it takes a, a special kind of intelligence, man, to make somebody to talk about something that's legitimately serious, but make people laugh about it. I Maybe even it. hurt some feelings a little bit, but still make people laugh about it. To me, that takes... That takes a different kind of intelligence. I, so. I appreciate. It. I don't. I mean, I don't consider myself intelligent. Most of my friends don't either. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> I think I get lucky. Uh, no, listen. I think education is super important, right? Like you should you sh- uh, educating people through some kind of humor. I think is by far the most the most uh, important and easiest way to get people to pay attention. I own a comedy CPR company. I teach people. St- how to do CPR through stand-up comedy. Like it's, it's fun. That is it's awesome. exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Like people laugh. They have a good time. They retain the information. They want to be there. It removes that fear of like, Oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to kill them if I do CPR. Well, they're already dead. So you can't make their day any worse. So like, just do what you got to do. You know, like people, people are genuinely if that dark humor, if applied properly is, mm-hmm. is so amazing, man. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Is, I mean, what is that kind of what sparked you to make start making the fire department chronicle videos to where you uh, you're just like, hey, you know what, let's just have some fun and let's show people what goes on. Yes, essentially. Yeah, we were messing around. Same thing. Everybody does every EMS, every first response, like no, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're with other like minded humans, you're going to be doing really stupid stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, ours was filming each other. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we did that. We did the battalion chief one, which I loved. Um we did a couple other ones that did decent. And then I made the, um, the one that we talked about before we started filming the, uh, the natural mating call for the paramedic. That's right. Yeah. And it was, (laughs) that was like, I I put that up. There was a thing, there was a site called ghetto medic and ghetto medic was like really big on, on Facebook at the time. And they shared it. And I got, it's got like a hundred thousand views in eight hours. And I was like, Holy crap. (laughs) I was about to say, I guess that that feeling is is pretty uh, pretty normal now. But then, was it just like what what's happening? Like how in the world? Yeah, if you actually go through uh, my Facebook at the very some of the uh, first posts, you'll find that where I actually circled that and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Which still to this day, a hundred thousand in eight hours is amazing to me. Like the fact that anyone watches anything that I put out there is incredible. And it's, <laughs> it's a testament to how everyone is just as dumb as I am. That's that's what it comes. Down. Too, so. Did you get some pushback on that stuff? I mean, you heard anybody's feelings. I, mean, I hope you did, but did you? Yeah, it's, okay. yeah. At some point in time, I've heard somebody's feelings about something. It's it's natural. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, everyone's fine with it because in in reality, it's all PG thirteen. There's no cursing. It's all safe for work. You can watch this in anywhere, and people are going to be fine with it. And that was a really big thing for me for two reasons. One, I wanted to make sure that any firefighter or paramedic or anyone that's that's watching these videos can watch it with their kids, and they're not going to have to like hit the mute or shut it down real fast. Two, I didn't want to get fired for my job. That's, you know, that's the biggest one because I don't want to get fired for my job. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it kind of goes even deeper than just making some funny videos. Why do you think 
why do you think it's important to be able to laugh at the job? Like not just, not just the fire versus EMS stuff, but like just being able to laugh at our job in general, do you think it has an impact on our overall mental health or morale? You know, people, you, you, you watch people who take themselves like seriously all the time. You watch them in our jobs and yeah, that's great, man. You know, we need to take our job seriously. We need to take the, the people that we're treating seriously, that kind of stuff. But if you take yourself seriously at all times, like you can never relax or off gas, man, that that's not a natural part of life. You don't, you know, you don't see anyone who's really successful in their life that always takes themselves seriously or never takes a, a second to laugh at a joke or laugh at something stupid, admitting they're wrong. That's probably the biggest thing. You know, you're just shoving oh, down all that crap your entire life. That's eventually going to come out with alcoholism or you're just gonna have diarrhea for the rest of your life you know yeah. things, uh so like you know it, it's it's absolutely man at, at all points in times you should always try to find humor dark humor is the number one it's the lifeblood of, of anything that we do because dude you gotta laugh man you see things you should never see so you got to figure out how to process it and most of us make a really stupid joke that we all laugh at and then we're able to kind of process what's going on around us absolutely have you had to filter that a good bit i mean i've seen i've seen a lot of your stuff and it it seems uh you know kind of like you're saying watch with your kids but yeah you know sitting around a station and and some of us that get deeply involved with this we can go to a pretty dark place that we consider funny but the lay person may not get it you ever <laughs> have like, to whoa <laughs> yeah 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 no trust me i'm i'm in some of those little uh private groups and pages on facebook and i'm like no don't post that what are you doing <laughs> like, so like yeah um yes the in-station humor is not what should be put out into the interwebs like you mm. just don't do that i mean I think it's hysterical. I think it's so funny. I've always joked. Uh, I wanted to make fire department chronicles after dark one time, you know, whenever all this is over. And I, and I just, I just like let the real stuff come out. Like, you know, but <laughs> you're going to take your, your, um, the group of people that'll be able to find that funny and, you know, cut it down to a real small pie. So yes, I've had to filter it because I think it's important that we can laugh about this stuff, but we should also be able to somewhat hone it in to a place where we can have our family and friends around and enjoy it together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot to be said, you know, I've worked in fire and EMS combination departments in the past. And I think there's a commonality between if, if you're at a slow station, nobody gets along. If you're not running a lot of calls together, nobody gets along. Also, if you can't pick on each other, if you can't <clears throat> laugh at each other, I mean, laughing at the most brutal stuff, like making fun of each other's family and other other aspects. Oh, yeah. You're not going to get along. So I think, okay. you know, like you're saying, humor really brings together cohesion like that. You know, and I uh, I was talking to this guy. I may go out to Vegas um, next month sometime and open up for this comedian in Vegas and like have a good time. And, and we were joking. And he goes, yeah, man, I want to make you rich, man. I want you to drive up in your in a Lamborghini to the fire station and say what's up to the boys. I was like, if I pulled up in a Lamborghini, the first thing those guys would do is come out and go, oh, look at the guy in the Lamborghini. Not a single person would be like, that's freaking awesome, bro, because that's what we do. Like, that's how we show love is through, like, busting each other's chops, man. That, that's, that's, that's the way it is in the station, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of envious. I am a huge MMA fan. I'm, I'm huge. 
and I like MMA. But uh, <laughs> the fact that you know so Steve, hey, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge in a bad way, not oh, not, okay. the, not the Steve way, like the uh, the Phil Margera way. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, like he's he's kept his his humility, man. He still goes to shift, you know, gets on gets on a truck, you know, exactly what you're talking about. He exactly, bro. When I so. The first time that I went up to film with him, I was like, let me stop by the station. Just say what's up to this dude, you know, make sure, um, you know, we're cool and all that fun stuff and introduce myself. And I walk in there. I was there for two hours. I was there for two hours just talking because he's he's exactly like us, man. And he's he is he is just as humble as any person I've ever met. And I think that's what has allowed him to be so successful. And that's, and I think it's super incredible. It's super incredible. I love watching his post fight videos, man, where he's like, just, it makes me so happy whenever he just grabs the microphone and he's like, Oh, H (laughs) (laughs) 80 and full of people. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he and, and when he won that last fight in the trilogy, he was just, they were like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to go see my wife and kid. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, and I just did, that's the type of person he is, no matter what is going on. I filmed with him multiple times. We'll be doing more filming this year. And nice. um, that's just the way he is. And I mean, in fact, like what's so cool about him is I'm like, yo, I need to put you in a thong and, you know, <laughs> like baste you with mayonnaise to, to sell this coffee. And he's like, all right, let's do it, bro. I'm down. <laughs> like, do it. <laughs> so he, he stayed true to his heart. That's awesome. 100%. All right. Um, so l- let me ask you a serious question, kind of serious. What is it? Why do you think that in combination fire and EMS departments and heck, even in just some general EMS departments, why do pe- why do you think that people hate being on the ambulance? Why do you think when they're like, I'm on the box, this shift, son of a, <laughs> before that, what are, what are some of the slang terms you guys use down there for oh, an ambulance? Yeah. The box, the, the boo-boo bus, the ambulance, yeah. the you know, ambulance. Like that, that kind of stuff. Meat yeah. hook. Is that, does meat, that mean yeah, down meat there? Hook, the... the meat wagon, you know, yeah, that stuff. So, <clears throat> I think, I think it is much deeper than just saying that people don't want to run EMS calls because I don't mm. think that's true in, in, in all cases. I love, love running an EMS call where I walk in and someone, I mean, I don't like to see people suffering, but you know, if I walk in and someone is truly going to die or, or they're having the worst day of their life and I walk in, they got a broken leg and I give them some morphine and I see, you know, and I help them out and I make their day better. I love that man, because it's instant gratification. I get to use the skills that I truly went to, to school for, but you know, got a guy in SVT and I, and I get to give him the appropriate medications or fix a mystery to help somebody's life get better. Those are extremely uh, satisfying. I love that part of EMS. The problem is, is that that's not what EMS is 90% of the time. You know, you got someone calling for toe pain or, you know, you got someone calling because they want to ride to the hospital for a sandwich, which I've gotten or, or people yep. that, have, that truly abuse the system. And I think that's what happens is you take someone and you stick them because, you know, if you're at a station where you're running 15 calls a shift, 18 calls a shift, I can guarantee that 70% of those are non-critical. And, you know, I'm not saying that's not, this, this is what we're here for. We're here to run the calls, but I think a lot of people get burnt out because I, they, they want to use the skills. They want to help people. And I think it just gets to that point where you're like, damn, 
I, I, I want to feel like I'm utilizing the skills that I've learned and help people and not just have somebody walk up and be like, screw you. I want to go to the hospital for a sandwich. Like, well, okay, then let's go. Let's get in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, uh, and, and then, like I said, the combo, as I said before, you're going to, if you're on this, if you're in a combination department where you're one, you guys, guys on the expression uh, unit, guys on the ambulance, a lot of times the guys on the expression uh, unit are having a completely different shift than the guys in the ambulance and they're never nice about it. So when you the mean, guys come you mean in the, uh, the grocery getter, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the ambulance is always going to get the groceries. They're always yeah. getting, you know, they're cooking dinner unless you guys have someone who's doing that, but yeah, dude, that's it's hundred percent. And then the one time that I had that where the ambulance ran six after midnight, I ran none. Um, and I got up and I was drinking my coffee. I was like, good morning, guys. They were like, F you. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 interesting that we say um, and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's frustrating getting up in the middle of the night for for, for something that's just just not not what yeah. we would consider legit. I mean, I get up in the middle of the night for a sandwich all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got to stop calling me to come pick you up to take you to get it. Just, <laughs> Um, but you know, on the fire side, we run just as much BS. I mean, any fire alarms, business yes. alarms, um, li little wrecks. I mean, I, you know, the, you go out in your first gas leak and you're there for 12 hours. Yeah. Mm. You're right. Um, but what, yeah. what do you, what do you think is interesting that people don't, and maybe some people get burnt out on that. Um, but why do you think it's different in EMS that we get burnout, um, or what we would consider burnout, on that end versus on the fire side when there's likely just as much BS, you know, if you're saying, Hey, you know, I'm a firefighter so I can, you know, run into burning buildings and save people from fires. Well, that's, that's not really what happens either. Yeah. So what do you think the, the difference is the frequency. there? Again, I think these things are like very, very multifaceted. I think mm -hmm. there's multiple levels that come to these things. I think first and foremost, if it is an EMS separated from the fire, fire for some reason always gets more respect than EMS. Period. That's we we know that is we know that's true. Um, why I don't know. I uh, actually I can tell you. Uh, there's two things there. They they tend to get more respect for just because of um, the way society looks at it, um, and they tend to be uh, more are well funded for uh, most fire departments. And then we know that seventy percent of those are obviously volunteer, so on and so forth. But if you had if you had to compare the two together, most of the time for some reason EMS is less paid because it's privately owned a lot of times. So. So, um, you know, you have you have EMS agencies that are getting beat to death because they're understaffed because they're privately owned and they're not able to get the money from insurances that they should be getting. So they're not able to bring enough ambulances on that kind of thing. I don't know psychologically why, but I can tell you that that has been my experience. Whenever I show up, there's tends to be four or five of us, you know, firewise together. There's this camaraderie, but then with ambulances, there's two people on there, you know, they don't have a home to go to a lot of times. They just mm. tell, hey, go stage on military and, yeah. you know, and Blue Heron. That's where you're at, you know, have fun, sleep. What, what do they call it? The EMS yoga poses where they're like, <laughs> yeah. got their feet up and their necks cranked. Like they don't have a home to go to to cook a meal. You know, yeah. th there's, it's, it's just, it's so difficult to ever say it's this because it tends to be this plus this, 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 and this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And something that I wanted to ask you about, because this is what I think you do well, especially through the fire department chronicles videos. I had a student ask me to, I teach paramedic full-time. Um, I'm on the ambulance on the weekends, but uh, I had a student ask me one time, Hey, 
how can I prepare for the fact that all the stuff you're teaching me is about 10% of what I'm going to do? How, how do I get ready for that? And that just kind of blew my mind for a minute because I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? That's right. You know, and, and I wonder if the management of expectations has something to do with how miserable people can get. You know, if yeah. is it, you know, during rookie school or do, during paramedic school, look, guys, you know, set the management to be realistic to where it's like, you know, this ACLS stuff I'm teaching you, these high speed airway skills, this, 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 and this. That's a very small percentage of what you'll ever do. Do you think that's part of it? Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you go through school and you watch these movies and you watch 911 and like, <laughs> you know, like, like you're like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then you go six months without doing any of that. And you just got to get bitter. And you're like, this is what I got in this for. And I don't think it's a selfish, like, I don't think it's a, a hero complex. I think people genuinely get into the job to save lives, to help people. And then they find out that 10% of it is actually where you're doing that. But I will say this, what is incredible about our job is that no matter if you're in firefighting or EMS or, or whatever you're in, you can have 10 shifts in a row where you don't do any of that. And then you could have one shift where it is an absolute crap show. You know, we've had multiple, uh, we, I think uh, a couple uh, months ago, we had two structure fires, a rollover extrication shooting, and then, and, and then, uh, and then a cardiac. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out that one. Uh, like, and then, you know, a shoot, like I've had, I had a shift where I showed up, I had three dead people before six o'clock at night. And it's like one of them was cut in half. Like, and it's just like, what is happening right now? So like that it just tends to be that huge, you know, uh, that huge wave of whatever's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's that whole uh, fighter pilot saying yeah. the, you know, hours of boredom followed by 30 seconds of sheer terror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you got to prepare for. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, on that note, I hate to keep going back to the videos, but man, the uh, where you're green screening yourself in here lately, those are great. My, my favorite one so far is where you're like, I can tell you why this is bullcrap because no firehouse in America has matching coffee cups. Yeah, I was like, that is so true. One hundred, one hundred, right there. It that was, was awesome. That was the first thing I noticed. Like this pristine <laughs> kitchen. Everyone has matching plates and cups. Are you like, I was like, absolutely not. The one I'm about to do is the newest one where the dispatcher tells the guy to dislocate his shoulder. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you understand how shoulder dislocations work. You don't get extra range of motion when you posterior dislocate your freaking shoulder. Cause all he's going to be was like, Ah! Ah! <laughs> that's gonna be it <laughs> and how do you walk somebody through that it's already you know, hard enough to get somebody to do compressions through emergency dispatch dude like and it's not like it just pops out he would have been there for 30 minutes just beating the crap out of his shoulder I've watched, I always tell it because I teach, you know, first aid and stuff like that. And I talk about uh, people who think that you just relocate shoulders like they do in movies. And I'm like, absolutely not. It's like, I've watched people who have, it's 99% of the time is anterior, but I've seen a people, a couple people that have had posterior dislocations. Oh, my light just went out. Um, so, but I've, good. 
there it is. Uh, so, but it's, um, I've watched this dude and it's not a simple thing. I mean, the, every muscle, every muscle tendon is trying to pull that thing back in. So it's mm. locked into position. It ain't going back in. And I, the funniest thing I, I laugh every time it happens because they go in there and they're like, ah, God, we've gave him a little bit of medication. Doctor's like, give him a bunch. They give him like a bunch more for said and a bunch of value or a bunch of uh, morphine. And the guy's like, ah, ah. And the doctor's like, hey, hold on. Like, pops back in. He's like, ah. And just goes to sleep every time, dude. Well, that, that would be good. Try to t- talk somebody through CPR. No, I'm not doing that. I want to get, well, would you dislocate your shoulder? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hang on a sec. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, he just number one, you watch it, and he and it go, it's just he does it posteriorly, but then his arm is in front, and he pulls it around, and I'm like, oh, that's just that simple. It's just, it's just, it's a helicopter now. Just, just winging it around. <laughs> that easy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right, so kind of back to the uh, talking about the things. You know, we kind of want to dig into the psyche of things if we can about without sounding too melodramatic but diving into why why are people on the ambulance why are people in ems and fire and ems getting getting miserable so on and so forth do you think that we damage ourselves and our enjoyment of the job whenever we voluntarily work 48s you know you leave i don't know if this is a problem where you where you are but in our region in our state in georgia you know a lot of guys will leave this fire department and then we'll drive 20 minutes to go and work yeah. another 24 at another fire department on an ambulance. So, yeah, that's, that's actually something I went up there and spoke um, at, uh, I think it was the central Georgia firefighters um, association, something like that. Um, and I was talking to a, a few of the guys, uh, Kyrie Harris from uh, zoo crew fire training was there. I love that guy. Yeah. They're awesome. The whole crew is really cool, but you talk to all these people and that's what they do. That, that you don't hear that and where I'm at people not a lot of people do I'm sure some do but not mm. a lot of people do that yeah it's not super healthy if you're going from you know 24 hours of two hours of sleep and then going to another 24 hour shift and getting two hours of sleep I mean just physiologically that's not healthy and if you think that caffeine and food is what's going to keep you running yeah it will for a temporary amount of time and then you're going to die uh but I mean <clears throat> <clears throat> we there's you know all those studies that show that x amount of sleep over x amount of time if you're lacking in it then i mean you you cannot process information properly anymore so uh and i actually learned something that i never knew but coffee doesn't give you or caffeine doesn't give you energy it i'm gonna say this wrong but it like <laughs> it removes it blocks potassium from being able to go onto the cells to be able to tell you that you're tired Hmm. So yeah, I don't, that, there's more to that, but it's like, it's, it's not, <laughs> I thought it was like caffeine goes in your body and you're like, woo, but it's actually like a physiological stopping of, of, oh, wow. um, of whatever it is, potassium, whatever it is, being able to tell you that you're tired. So you never know. So, cause I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where I've been so tired, but I just have to stay awake and I'm chugging energy drinks. And I'm just getting headaches from it kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you feel, can- you feel pain in your lower back from your kidneys being like, <laughs> stop. Please, please stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think that um, if you're doing it for money because you have to do it, then you do what you got to do, man. I'm not gonna. But if you're just doing it because you think that this is the warrior way to be, like this is just who I am, I do this. Hey, man, that's fine. 
but you're going to burn out. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. And you can't blame anyone except for yourself. If you're not listening, you got to listen to your body, man. It's okay to step back every once in a while, take a couple of days off. You know, it's, it's, it is okay. Yeah. And I've, I've been that guy before I did it for a couple of years and man, it was, it was brutal. And I kind of noticed the, my own personal fault then was I would trick myself. I would say, well, you know what? I'm going to a slower department. Like I'm, I'm leaving the busy department and I'm going to the slower department. I'll get some sleep. Yeah. What, what happens when you don't, man? Like mm-hmm. you talk about managing those expectations, that second 24, not only am I exhausted, but now I'm miserable. Yeah. I'm upset that my expectations weren't met. <laughs> I always, yeah. And I always joke. I say, if you go into work uh, knowing or thinking you need sleep, you're not getting any sleep. so on that note about managing expectations do you think that there's a way that we can manage our expectations to increase the enjoyment of the job i mean i mean is that just go ahead no no set reality you said it the best the people that are at the fastest stations at the busiest stations tend to be the happiest why because they show up to work and they know they're going to get their faces beat in for the next 24 hours and they just make the best of it you bitch and moan a little bit you go on the call two o'clock in the morning you know you're going to be up all night you go to the the local uh, supermarket grab yourself a milkshake and you know and have some fun with the boys like you 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 get used to whatever the environment is and you you try to manage the expectations yes external sources you didn't you know you just had a baby you weren't sleeping at home anyways we joke at the fire department the guys get better sleep at at the fire department they do at home and they have a uh, an infant at home because you know they're at least able to get away from that for a couple hours so absolutely i definitely think that managing just understanding your environment if you if you are telling people like hey it's an unfortunate part of this job. You're going to run a bunch of toe pain calls. You're going to run, uh, you know, the the calls where someone's shoulder's been hurting for three months. You know, whatever it is, treat it like treat it like the real thing. You know, make sure you put them on the monitor. You know, do that kind of stuff. The best, the best, for, um, the best uh, uh, moment I've ever had in that was we went on a guy with back pain. Right, he's got back pain. It's construction site. It's like my back hurts. My back hurts. And I'm like. Like, all right, whatever. Like the guy's just, the guy's talking like this. Like my back hurts. It's fine. The, the, the foreman made me call. I'm like, all right, whatever. Hmm. So I had a brand new probie and he's like, Hey, can I throw him on the monitor? I just want to practice rhythms. I'm like, I don't care. Let's throw him on the monitor. So we throw him on the monitor. He's in VTAC. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's talking like this. He's complaining of back pain, like lower back pain. I'm like, holy crap so we uh we ended up that we had the whole story was every time he drinks monster he gets back pain uh, well monster anymore. <laughs> so, uh, i was like avoid all caffeine um but um yeah just just crazy man like burnout is real understand what you're going to deal with and and if it's if the job is just not for you then it's not for you you know so let me let me go a direction here and i think you can explain your background here as we go and um you know, more, more towards a little serious stuff in, in your experience, um, when does, when, or when do things like burnout or these other stressors that we're talking about, when do they go beyond just a, I'm just ticked off to it's really starting now to affect me in a physiological way, um, towards depression and, and things like that. Where are, what are some of those triggers before we get into kind of some of the treatments for that? What's been kind of your experience on where this starts to go from just, 
you just complain into this is starting to get serious? Well, I mean, you know, anything that's that you can physiologically see, obviously, you know, like um, <clears throat> with the depression and stuff, if you're just not the way that you normally are, I mean, it, it varies from person to person. For me, it was, um, it was, I'm normally a very happy-go-lucky kind of person. I want to be around everybody. I want to talk to people, that kind of thing. When I start to have issues with my personal life that bleed into my my um, to my work life or vice versa, for me, I become very distant from from people. Um, some people may be weight gain. They may not. You know, it, it just depends on who the person is themselves. Everybody is different or tends to be a little bit different. My problem or what what I tend to see with people that's um, the the overworking or just they're no longer happy is the depression side. That's where I see it. And that's where you have to make a choice. Like is is your pride or is your is your want to prove the people around you wrong? Is that more worth your home life or your family's life? You know, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of what I've seen in the past, but it really depends on the person. I don't know if you guys have experienced anything like that as well. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, some of the stuff that we've we've talked about is how do you identify this in other people, mm -hmm. um, and even before that, and I and I think you're kind of speaking to this. How do you build a relationship with someone? So number one, that you can identify that. Um, you know, we've we've uh, talked on this on this podcast on the leadership side that um, you know you you find someone that went down a really dark hole and maybe even to you know things as extreme as suicide, mm -hmm. and then when you look back, you find out oh there were there were changes in them that were obvious now that we're looking back, but no one had a relationship with them strong enough to identify that um, those changes. Yeah. And then a relationship to go, Hey, we need to have, you know, can we have a conversation because I'm, I'm seeing things here mm -hmm. uh, that can become pretty dangerous. So, you know, one of the things that we've been really talking through is like, exactly like you said, people don't want to be vulnerable. They don't, they, they don't want to lower their, their guard and yeah. man, people are just suffering severely for it. it it's funny because vulnerability is not that big of a deal. You you would you would it shouldn't be at least, but you would be absolutely like floored to find out when you walk in a room and everyone's you know joking and having a good time and one guy's like yo i'm like really depressed man like i don't know what to do like everybody in that room is gonna go oh, all right man like what's going on tell like talk to us like it's very rare these days that people just unless you're in like departments where that's just not accepted um you know people want to talk man they want to talk about what's going on they want to be there for their brothers and sisters you know yeah tell us uh tell us about some of the work that you've done along those lines and some of the stuff you're involved with so you know personally before i even got involved with uh banding treatment centers who i work with now i i i had to do some personal exploring and understanding that like human emotions aren't as simple as saying oh i'm only going to experience the emotions that i like i only want to be happy uh or i want to be really pissed off like those are the only two things that i, I want to be um and an avoidance of of reality it can eventually turn into one of the worst things that you'll ever experience. You know, 
It is natural to be depressed. It is natural to not feel good every day. These are all natural things. And when I say depressed, I don't mean like sitting in your home and, and watching Law and Order over and over and over again. Like that's not, I don't know why that was my, that was my go-to when I was having issues, but um, like, that's not what I'm talking about, but it is okay to wake up and not feel okay that day. Um, and then, you know, because a lot of people immediately think like, oh, no, I don't feel good today. There's something wrong with me. What's going on with your head? Wait, hold on. What happened yesterday? For me, if I this is completely off, but if I do super heavy deadlifts, so I do super heavy back squatting, my CNS is destroyed the next day. So when I wake up, I don't feel as happy-go-lucky as I normally would. I don't have as much energy. So, you know, just stopping sometimes and going, man, you know, my, my uh, you know, I'm really disappointed. I wanted to make X amount of dollars this month and I just couldn't pull it off. I feel shitty about that. So like, all right, step back for a second. Let's, is that really that important? No, it's not that important. Okay. But I do feel this way. Maybe we'll do something fun today. Like it, it doesn't always have to be so extreme. It doesn't always have to be like, man, I don't feel good today. I, you know, I screw that bro. Let's go to the gym and ah, rage. Like, uh, it's all right. Just, just stop for a second. Feel it. You're good to go. Sometimes acknowledging your own feelings can truly uh, help. But for me, man, I went to therapy. I identified my issues. I identified some stuff that, man, my depression did not come from my job. It didn't come from anything. It came from stuff that happened to me well before when I was a kid, like not like people touching me kind of thing, but like, like I, I had some issues that I developed as a child, right? And it just manifested itself into my adulthood. But the second I identified it, it was like, Bing! oh, this is it. And it's been amazing since. So you think that that the the addition to therapy was definitely a a huge help. Huge, dude. Huge. It's okay to talk about your feelings, man. Feelings are normal, bro. <laughs> like that's the problem. For some reason, we have attached talking about your feelings to not being a man. I don't know where the hell that that came, but I'll tell you this. It is not okay to cry on scene in front of a patient. That is not okay. Why? Because we need to be there strong for that person. Unless for some reason in the moment they need that. And they're like, please cry with me. You're like, screw it. Let's do it. Ah, let me cry together. Like, all right, whatever. That's being, you know, empathetic, sympathetic, whatever. But, you know, it, you, we need to be there and be powerful for the people and the moments. But when we pass those patients off, now we need to come back from we're a superhero to we are a human. and then we'd be able to heal from there. So tell us, tell us about your partnership um, with, uh, with Banyan and what that looks like. So Banyan Treatment Centers, um, you know, again, I own that CPR company, right? And um, I, about 80% of my clientele are treatment facilities. So I've been through all these places and, you know, most of them were good, but I was trying to find a place that was really cool. Cause what happened was a lot of people reaching out to me. They're like, yo, these videos help with my mental health, man, but I'm feeling really depressed or I think I'm drinking a little too much. Where should I go? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what places are good. I don't want to just send you off somewhere. So I, Banyan has uh, 15 facilities across the United States right now, probably closer to 17 by the end of 2021. And they're incredible. They're very good at what they do. They know what they're doing. They're, they're legitimate. They do nothing that I find unethical, which was huge for me because you got to be careful with places. But their approach to a lot of stuff when it comes to mental health is, is, 
is perfect and I love it, man, because they look at first responders, they look at people in general and say, let's figure out what's happening right now. We'll try to fix this, get you as good as possible, and then we'll be able to make your life a lot better, especially if we only have you for 30 days. We're going to make you as good as possible in 30 days, but their post-care stuff is incredible, man. I love it. What is... uh? I know that you have a program called Crew. Is that is that specifically for fire and EMS personnel or first responders? What what is that? So what we did is we found treatment modalities that work, you know, perfect for first responders. You know, we have, we have CBT and DBT that kind of thing, but EMDR is obviously it's a huge thing right now for a lot of people. But we found treatment modalities that worked really really well for first responders. We have a thing called a biofeedback bed that kind of gets you calm and and, and uh, a, uh, allows you to be able to think about or utilize sensory around you to focus in on specific emotions and stuff. So like they, they, we use these specific treatment modalities in five of our program or five of our facilities right now. And we, we realized that those are the treatment modalities that tend to work best for people uh, or for first responders in general. But Man, outside of that, bro, they do like uh, equine therapy gets go ride horses or we have, you know, painting therapy. We have personal trainers at some of our facilities. Like, dude, the, the goal is, is that you should be able to leave your home, go to a place, get the best that you possibly can or get back to where you started, you know, many, many years ago and then get back to your family and be able to live a normal life and not say like, screw this. I'm not fixing this. I'm a man. Men don't fix these types of things and then blow your brains out one day like not okay right to kind of try to tie these topics together as far as you know the the crew cohesion morale Mm -hmm. uh just enjoyment of the job and mental health do you think that good quality training you know let's say that you are you know, those, those crews that you don't have enough time to train because you are running so many calls, but the crews that are slower, where a lot of the complaining could be happening, a lot of the mental health issues, uh, not as much fulfillment in their job. Do you think that good quality training, both fire and EMS can, uh, can, can potentially help us increase the enjoyment of the job? I think that there are many factors First factor is personal um, responsibility. Mm. You cannot expect to eat like shit, drink like shit, and, ju- and drink alcohol all the time, never get sleep, and expect your body to be okay with it. That's not the way, you know, that's not the way your body works. So personal responsibility comes first. And then, yes, training, doing all the appropriate things to be able to make sure that you're the best at your job. Because, man, you know, if you already want to be the best of the best and you want to save lives and your mental health is already attached to that because you watched your mom die when you were six years old. And now you're like, I want to save lives. And then you go to that one person that you're trying to save, but man, you just, you weren't up on your skills because you were, you know, busy uh, on social media, watching some more on fire department chronicles. Um, and you know, you screw up an innovation or you screw up a pericardial synthesis or whatever it is you're never going to be able to live with yourself. So yeah, absolutely, man. Training. And the other thing that does bring, it it creates camaraderie, man. If you train with the boys and the girls, then you get to learn each other's weaknesses and each other's strengths and you know each other more. So on a hot call, you know that Bob is amazing at innovations. Dude, get that innovation. You know, then you said the guy that actually understands how to read cardiac rhythms. Yo, uh, what what do you got going on over there? Like, oh, it's a fib. No, that's normal sinus. You're an idiot. Uh, But, you know, know, so um, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Awesome. 
and uh, the the listeners who uh, who want to get want to get in touch, uh, how can they find you on social media? So, uh, Fire Department Coffee, Fire Department Chronicles, all social media platforms. You know, uh, yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the fun stuff. And then, if you want Fire Department Coffee, you can go uh, firedepartmentcoffee.com, Google Fire Department Coffee, Amazon. If you go to firedepartmentcoffee.com, use code FR15 to get fifteen percent off. So nice. Do you guys have a membership? membership program with fire department yeah we have subscription programs we have coffee of the month programs we have uh we hopefully soon will be coming out with a spirit infused coffee of the month so the spirit oh, infused, yeah you'll get, get a different one each month it'll be cool yeah the gift that keeps on giving no oh, yeah. kidding no oh, kidding yeah. especially man that's that'd be something great for a station you know if everybody just put that in their station dues you know what we're just going to get a membership to fire department coffee and keep that good stuff coming uh, you know what and our wholesale pricing you, know, you can't beat it and it's free shipping so it's good for, good for the station <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> awesome awesome well jason thank you so much for your time man thank you brother i appreciate you guys letting me come on man yeah that was a good that was a good first run let's do it again um <laughs> <laughs> but let's start with a different video and yeah, um, yeah. Jason just Pat, like, <laughs> yeah clark griswold's son whenever he was just like yeah we got to check all the lights russ he's like oh dad i got so much homework i gotta feed the hog like, <laughs> you've been listening to medic class citizen if you like what you heard check out our website at www.medicclasscitizen.com also find us on social media where you can follow like subscribe and share Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have videos on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.